Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to the Her Soulful Success Podcast. I am Diana Ricciotti, certified coach of NLP, certified timeline therapy practitioner, business mentor, and the girl who went from corporate climbing to solopreneur, replacing her full-time income working part-time hours in her business while juggling mum life. But you, my friend, can call me D because I know quite literally that we're going to become business besties. This space is for you to escape into away from the crazy hustle in your business and life to get your weekly mindset fix, your business boost, your realignment with the highest and best version of yourself and your dose of self-development. All ingredients that I believe for a soulfully successful business where abundance and fulfillment go hand in hand. Whether you're doing the nine to five grind and dreaming about there being something more out there for you, whether you're wanting to explode your side hustle, or you are already a business owner feeling maybe a little lost, stuck or overwhelmed, this podcast is designed to speak to your soul. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's podcast and level up your mindset so that you can begin living your best life. Hello, business bestie, and welcome to episode nine of the Her Soulful Success podcast. I am your host, Diana, and today we have yet another incredible guest on the show. Get ready to learn from one of the best high performance specialists and business strategists in the game, who helps coaches, business owners, and entrepreneurs in creating six and seven figure businesses. Yes, ladies, I have none other than the Krista Tia on the show. Krista helps thousands of people from all over the globe to unlock their potential and create the life and income they desire through her vast life experience and ability to conquer and create change. You're about to hear some serious words of wisdom and inspiration, ladies. So buckle up. Let's dive in. Okay, guys. So I am here in the online presence of a powerhouse entrepreneur and mentor. And I am fangirling a little bit hard over here. Welcome to the podcast, Krista. Thank you so much, beautiful. Thank you for having me here in this space. And we're so blessed to have you. Could you tell the audience a little bit about your business, who you serve and the transformation you provide to your clients? Yeah, of course. So I am a business and performance mentor and I have clients all around the world, all of them in business of some way, shape or form. I do work with a lot of other coaches and mentors and people in network marketing, people that have brick and mortar businesses, IT companies. I've got a lot of psychologists that I work with as well. Also a lot of people in the healing space too. And I I just implement so many pieces. I feel like I do business in a very unconventional way. I have a lot of strategies and go-tos that I have learned throughout my 14 years of business that I teach my clients, but then also allowing them to experience an activation and a soul alignment with what they're actually doing. So they're loving the process as opposed to just doing something for the heck of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm really excited to actually pick your brain about some of this. On this podcast, we do love really getting to know and being inspired by women's empowering stories of how they really got to where they are today. And I know yours is nothing short of inspiring. So could you share with us a little bit about your journey? Yeah, of course. Would you like the long version or the short version? (laughs) I always love a long version. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. 
All right. I'm 32, just to give a frame and context around my story. And I had a beautiful upbringing. My parents are, to this day, my best friends. We've, I had the privilege of being brought up in a really entrepreneurial family. My mum was a stay-at-home mum, and my dad owned nine-figure businesses. He had... Uh, Toyota dealerships all throughout Queensland and just being exposed to that at such a young age like he had 120 staff I I feel like for a long period of time I really took for granted that blueprint that I was given because it was just my go-to the conversation in our home was around team and culture and leadership and and also from a moral basis as well it was like treat people the way that you want to be treated just do the right thing be a good human being and you'll get good things in return so I, I had the privilege of being brought up in that environment And I feel throughout my childhood, my parents were always my greatest supporters. And from such a young age, I knew I was put here to be something great. I just knew that I was such an old soul and I'd traveled many lifetimes to get to this point. And I I developed into just a knowing, actually I didn't develop. It, It was just a belief from the word go that I would always be an employer and not necessarily work for someone. And with my parents' support, I opened my first business when I was 18 years old. So I left school in grade 11, and I think that's a great sort of permission slip for other people that have left school early and use it to their detriment as opposed to their success. I, I left school and I did a hairdressing apprenticeship, and then I set my own salon up at the age of 18. And just before that, I actually met my ex-husband. So I was in um, a relationship that, you know, was filled with so many beautiful memories, the good far outweighed the bad. And we were married by the time that I was 21 and then gave birth to my beautiful baby girl just before I turned 23. So I was only 22 years old. Mm -hmm. And um, he was involved. I think people can probably relate from the perspective of at 17 years old, you really go from your parents' care to your partner's care at that age. Just so moldable. And um, I know for me, he was involved, he was a fair bit older than me, and he was involved in a whole world that I wasn't really familiar with. Um, And everything that I share about my story is from a place of gratitude, just so I can create that frame because him and I have a a great relationship um, and we co parent in such a beautiful dynamic. It was just simply, it got to the point where the relationship, it was time for it to end in order for me to step into who I was born to be. Um, But he was involved in a very criminal world and long story short, he ended up getting charged with a whole array of things. And I take responsibility, whether he takes responsibility for his part in it, I take responsibility for the fact, although I wasn't implicated or although I wasn't involved, I chose to have a level of naivety and not be aware of what was happening. And that part was on me. So he ended up spending two years in jail and I stuck by him. We, we actually fought it for around three and a half years in court. Mm-hmm. We lost everything that we owned. We had $300,000 in um, equity in our home that we had bought the block of land and built. And we had to sell everything to pay for that. And I still had my salon operating and I set him up in a health cafe and we still had those business operating. So, you know, although we had lost the money that was in our bank account or the equity that we had in our home, we we still had a great income. Mm -hmm. Um, So he ended up, you know, going to prison for two years. And my, uh, one of my greatest qualities is loyalty and, and sticking by someone through thick and thin. And I realized that while that is amazing in the past, it has almost been to the point of detriment to myself Um, because I had this construct that, you know, like once you were married, that was it. Like it was, and that's what I've experienced in my family dynamics. My parents have been together since they were 14 and my grandparents are still together and my auntie and uncles are still together. And 
I really had to break apart this, especially once I'd gone through a divorce. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't for me and that was okay. So he was released from prison and the relationship became emotionally abusive uh, and physically abusive as well. And I experienced everything throughout that time because at that stage we had, I sold my salon when my daughter was young and we had two health cafes that were set up. And while he was away, I set up a third on my own. So I was working 14 hour days. Uh, my daughter was at a very young age diagnosed with ADHD. Um, so I was trying to figure out how to get a hold of that in a very holistic way, as opposed to just the conventional put her on the drugs, um, trying to figure that out. Going up to a prison every weekend, I experienced anxiety anxiety, depression, severe fatigue, a, a whole, I had a severe eating disorder, panic attacks. And I reached, you know, the point of like ground zero. And mm -hmm. I got to a stage that I was literally, I talk about this in every interview that I do, because I think that it's so relevant for people, but, and it creates relatability as well. I think that we pedestal people that are maybe in our industry or that we aspire to be. And we go, yeah, but they're there. But mm -hmm. I love to create the relatability because I just chose to be here. I just chose to keep going. And there was a moment that I was literally in fetal position on the floor and I was in so much emotional and physical and mental pain. And I was so exhausted and I was howling and my mum was there with me and I said, mum, I just can't keep going. I don't know how I'm going to get back up this time. I'm just so exhausted and I don't know how much more can be thrown in my direction. And she kneeled down beside me and she said, get up. And in my head, I was like, hang on, what do you mean? I just want to hang around in victim mentality for a little bit mm -hmm. longer. Like, mm -hmm. don't, don't you do that. <laughs> and she said, get up, Krista. And I was like, righto, okay, where is this going? And she said, God only gives his hardest battles to his strongest soldiers and you were born to be something magnificent. So get up. Wow. And in that moment was the moment that I chose to change everything. And all the businesses were sold and I walked away from a marriage with nothing. I just didn't want to be associated with it anymore. And the independence that I developed throughout the two years that he was away was, was beautiful because I'd never had that opportunity. I never truly had the opportunity to get to know who I was and the powerful human being that I got to choose mm -hmm. um, as opposed to just being that constant support and putting myself last and being the mother and the wife. And the, as much as I was a business owner and a bad us at it I feel like I never truly acknowledged it so I, I thought you know what I'm just gonna take a break so I walked away with no money and I, I was on government benefits and I literally had to start all over again mm -hmm. and I knew that I could build businesses standing on my head because my first four businesses were all scaled to six and seven figures mm -hmm. and I thought if I can do that and I really want to step into something now that I'm passionate about. So I thought, how do I figure out what I'm passionate about? And I was like, you know what, just go and try everything. So I went out there and I, I studied nutrition and then I went and did my NLP masters and then I delved into breath work and then I delved into somatic release work. And what I realized was, you know, yes, the human design and the way that we operate as human beings was something that was really intriguing to me. But what I saw was throughout everything that I did, it was always about helping people in some way, shape or form, whether it was in my hair salon days, helping people aesthetically and just providing them a warm and calming environment for them to feel like they are safe. Mm 
in the cafes, we had health cafes. So it was always about nourishing and nurturing people and putting a smile on someone's face in the morning. Being in Brisbane City, it was so fast paced and so busy. And I always wanted to be that person that was like, hey guys, just slow down. Let's take a moment. Let's interact. Let's connect in this busy hub. And so I thought I want to do something in the coaching arena. And my immediate go-to was like, I'm going to be a business coach. But then there was something, some of my highest values, authenticity and integrity and honesty. And I knew that for me, yes, I had created four successful businesses in the past, but stepping into the digital space, I hadn't yet created success there. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, if my final goal is to become this badass business coach that you know works with high-level entrepreneurs, I want to prove to myself that I can actually create it here so then I can instruct people correctly when I am moving into the business coaching. So I stepped into the, the coaching space as in the way of like mindset, nutrition, empowerment, breakthrough sort of work. And I created huge success in that space, then maneuvered into business coaching and, and created a really unconventional way. No, no one else in the industry um, does business. Mm-hmm. And the rest is history. And now I keep doing what I do every single day and I feel honored and blessed for every part of my journey because it has honestly brought me to this very moment. And that moment is filled with so much love and gratitude and humility, I think. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And you now know why guys, I asked for everybody's stories and the women I interview have got incredible stories. And this one, there was just so like, as you would, as you were telling it, there were so many, uh, what I find when I speak to women is we have such different journeys to where where we are today but there is so much relatability that happens at the same time and one of the things that i know that your story is going to do is again similar to mine is help remove that shame around your past and your partner of choice and how you created your previous success and then it all fell apart and that you also had um that moment of lying in a fetal position i always talk about my year of 2016 and that's a story for another day because this interview is all about you but i just love how when we share our stories of what our what has inspired us to do what we're doing in coaching today so many beautiful relatable yeah just stories come out of that I'm obsessed with that whole I think it was just over 10 years that I think that you've spoken about and I really thank you for being so vulnerable and transparent about it because I know for sure that it's going to help another woman out there um, today there are a lot of people though and women and I was one of them this is where me and you are different you knew from day one that you were meant for something whilst I like something great and starting your business you always had that entrepreneurship hat on you weren't scared to to take off and start businesses from the age of I think you mentioned it was 18 your first business am I right yeah yes whilst for me it was the opposite I knew from the minute I did a business class that I'm like oh I want to start my own thing. I want to be an entrepreneur. This is amazing. I want to create something. I want to solve people's problems in the world. I want to impact people. But I felt I didn't have that belief in myself. I went to uh, university. I wanted to study. I didn't want to, sorry. It was the worst four years of my life. But I studied media and international studies thinking, no, this is the path I have to take. Um, Then that took me into the corporate world and climbing the corporate ladder. And for a lot of time, the longer I, you know, stayed in this 
in, in my job and stayed in what I thought I was meant to do, it was harder and harder for me to make that decision to start my business. It wasn't until I had that whole breakdown in 2016 and knew that I really needed to become more aligned with my values and what I wanted to do with life that that really changed for me. But in your opinion, what is the most common reason for why women do not live out their purpose or start their, the businesses of their dreams? Uh, fear, absolutely fear. Mm-hmm. And it all comes back the, to the dynamic in every aspect of our life, the dynamic and the blueprint that we've been given as a child and leading all the way up into adulthood is usually the blueprint and the dynamic that we continue to operate from because a lot of us just are going through life completely unconscious. So this appears in every aspect of life, in our relationships, in what we achieve, in in the way that we parent, in the way that we look after ourselves, in the way that we nurture ourselves, in what we eat. What we've been given in these integral years is what we usually just go to. And because so many of us just live our life on autopilot, we actually don't have the awareness to even make a choice to change it. And then because it's always so um, unfamiliar. So let me give some context around this. If we've got a dynamic that is whatever it is, as we're growing up in whatever aspect of life, or we've got this blueprint that we've been given, anything outside of that feels so unsafe. And even if it's not actually what a lot of us deem as safe, it feels unsafe because it's unfamiliar. And it's like when we're, at the, we're, we're in a relationship that might be really actually quite a toxic relationship. But thinking of leaving that relationship feels so unsafe because we don't actually know what's ahead. So a lot of us stay in a bad situation mm-hmm. simply based on familiarity and past experience. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and that's why I say fear is my answer. Because if you haven't been given a blueprint that is super empowering, that encourages you to be the very best and biggest version of you, it is going to feel so unsafe to be anything but what you've always been. Mm-hmm. And anything that you want to create, whether it's change, whether it's you evolving, whether it's growth requires a great level of courage and bravery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think when you're speaking about the blueprint as well, the other thing that comes to mind that I find important to speak on is the blueprint doesn't necessarily have to only come from your parents. Obviously, your parents have got a strong influence on helping you shape that blueprint. But for me, it's really important for me to highlight that I... I'm in awe of my parents' determination and what they've able to accomplish. Like my parents basically moved here with no money in their pocket when I was six years old to start a a new life and to, to give us new opportunities. We moved from Uzbekistan. So they left their friends, their family behind their, my mom had to, she was already a, um, a fully qualified nurse. She had to not only relearn a new language, but then, can recomplete her studies because they weren't recognized here. My dad, who was a quite a well-renowned engineer where we came from, moved here and his first job was delivering pizzas. And now they're living a wonderful, beautiful life. They travel, they are able to help and impact um, people and help our family. So I look up to them so much. And I think that, yes, part of the blueprint was that they, like, for example, my dad, to him, education was very important. Getting a high paying job was very important, but that doesn't necessarily mean they were bad parents. They were passing down their best version of their model of the world and how life would they all, they all parents really ever want most of the time is for their kids to to be happy and have the best possible lives and yeah I think that's always important for me to speak on as well because I mentioned going to university wasn't what I wanted to do I felt like I had to do it and it's the truth now and I'm able to speak on it but I think the intention 
behind what my parents did was always good and came from a place of love and really just wanted me to succeed um, and, and be happy. I think that people are only doing what they know. Mm-hmm. You know, people are only like they're doing their best with the tools and knowledge that they have. And yeah. no different. No parent is perfect. And I think the expectation that we will be perfect is completely diluted. Mm-hmm. Um, but another piece to even add to that is uh, another reason why women on the opposite end of the spectrum actually go out there, or men go out there and achieve huge success, is if they've actually come from the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. I know my partner included came from a very different background. And it was like we leveraged two things it's either pleasure or pain. And mm-hmm. because the pain was so great with the upbringing that he had, seeing his mum struggle as a single parent and always have to go out there and get money or not be able to afford school lunches. He was like, I'm never going to be that. So I'll do what is whatever required to achieve what I have to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I love that. Speaking about success and on the topic of success and what makes a successful person. And this podcast is called a soulful success. So many of us only get to see successful people when they have reached the level of success we desire. And I'm a huge advocate for normalizing failure as part of the journey um, of business. Could you share with us a few times that maybe you have failed forward? Oh, if you haven't failed, you're nowhere near achieving success. Mm-hmm. And I still fail, right? Like the more times that we fail, the closer we are to success. And it depends on your definition of failure. I, I believe that failure is just like a speed bump. Sorry. I believe that we have these speed bumps. The true definition of failure is when we give up and throw in the towel, mm-hmm. right? So it depends on your definition of failure as well. And also your definition of success. My definition of success is that it's not just what money's in my bank account or how many followers I have on social media, because I've actually achieved that four times over before I stepped into this business. And I still felt so unfulfilled and miserable. I felt, yes, I had a heap of money. Yes, I had a great lifestyle. Yes, I had all of these materialistic items, but I still wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. I believe that the true definition of success is that of great relationships. Yes, money, a successful business. What is your like? Because if it's simply based on money or your reputation or your need for significance, that's not the entirety of success. So Mm -hmm. what's priority to me now is understanding my values. My top value is family. Mm -hmm. So that comes above and beyond anything else. And yes, yes, I've got, I believe that this is the first time throughout all of the businesses that I've had that I have achieved true success in entirety. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because family is a value that so many people have and hold yet. It is the first value that is sacrificed when we are running businesses Mm -hmm. or, or starting businesses and fall into the hustle game and create businesses that are basically, this is my next question leading into scalable businesses. I, I think that there's a big difference between a, just a business model and a scalable business model. And I know this is something that you can certainly speak on. Could you tell us a little bit about what makes a scalable business model? 
it's, it's very industry dependent, mm -hmm. um, but anything that requires your time and energy, I'll use coaching as an example, because I think that this is a lot of my clients. The first thing that I do when they come to me is go, right, we've got to tear apart this business model because you're actually capped. You've reached a ceiling because a lot of coaches will go out and take people on in a one-on-one -on -one capacity and one-on-one -on -one isn't scalable. The reason that my one-on-one -on -one prices is so high is because I only take on five a year. We need to, especially in the coaching space, we need to have things that are a one-to-many approach. And there's so many facets to it. For me, I actually had to learn the hard way. I went out there and I had like between 25 and 35 one-on-one -on -one clients. And I realized that I was doing like 30 plus hours per wow. week delivery. And I couldn't then because that's all I had and they were upfront payments. So then there was no cash flow while I was doing all of that delivery. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, okay, all right, I'm going to launch a group coaching program. And then what I realized, even with the group coaching programs was like intake dates weren't going to be a benefit. Cause once again, I was making sales up to the intake date, then delivery, making sales up to the intake date, then delivery. So there wasn't this consistency in cash flow. Mm. So the most important thing irrelevant of what business you are in is understanding what takes up the most of your time and energy. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say in the coaching space, if you're doing one-on-one -on -one delivery all the time, your time and energy is going to be tapped out. So we want something that's more evergreen. This can be in the way of digital programs that don't require you. It's just a one-click buy. That's creating passive income throughout your business. Mm -hmm. um, it could be creating a, a longer-form mentorship that has the ability to have anyone come into that mentorship at any time, not just from January 1. You know, because mm -hmm. then you're going to have a whole year of delivery and you're not going to be able to make any more sales because you're too busy delivering. So I think that it's really seeing how you can actually have an evergreen business and have a consistent flow of clients or cash flow if you're selling a product irrelevant on where you are throughout the year. Yeah, such great advice, especially to avoid overwhelm and burnout. And I think that when we are starting our own businesses, they're like our babies. And this is where I, what I found is different to a job is when you go to a job, you are happy to leave. Like the minute the, the time clocks off, you're ready to fly out the door in your business. I feel like you, cause you're, if, if it is that you're passionate about obviously what you're doing, you could just keep going and see no end of your day. And you can then fall into, yeah, just working morning, day and night. And the more clients you get, the more hours you put in or the more products you create, the more products you're going to start selling, et cetera. So I think this is really great advice, particularly around ensuring that there's an aspect of your business that creates a passive income that is basically money while you sleep. Really great mm -hmm. advice, Krista. I know there's also a lot of women out there who like me, maybe dreaming of starting a business and wanting to create something from the ground up, but also at the same time, lacking clarity on their purpose. And I know some of this can stem from fear, but a lot of it could also just be this lack of clarity around what is the magic that they could bring to the world? What is it that they could do? What would your advice be for them? Try everything. Mm -hmm. until you discover that purpose. It's the only way that I discovered it was by going out and trying everything. And I, pe I think people are not even willing to try because they're so scared to get it wrong. Mm -hmm. But it's through the doing that we discover what it is that lights us up. And that's ever evolving because as we grow as human beings, our business or our purpose changes. And I think that one piece of advice that I would love everyone to understand is that you are the purpose. 
You're mm. the purpose. You being in this world is the purpose. Everything else is external from you. How can I be more? How can I do more? What can I create to make me feel validated and significant? You're the purpose. And when you just start being all of you, everything external from you will change and you will discover it. So maybe the purpose then becomes really, like you said, not external search, but a search within yourself. Like how do you unpeel all of those layers and get to who you really are? That's actually a little bit mind blowing right now. I'm sitting here going, Hmm, yes, I, my journey and finding my purpose and has, I have always looked to external things, but you're so right. When I really truly felt like I was living and breathing, it was when I really found myself and became more and more authentic every single day. Hey girl, I know you are loving the episode so far, but I wanted to jump in and make sure that you have joined my free Facebook group community, Passion to Profit. I really want to see you in there as my mission is to impact thousands of women like you this year and help you cultivate the life and business of your dreams. This is why I have created this free community so that I can provide you with free trainings, masterclasses, bonus resources to help you become the powerhouse CEO that is required of you to create the type of business you have dared to dream of, plus a network of women who can support you on the journey. So head on over to the show notes and click on the link to join. Say hi when you're in there. I can't wait to hang out with you some more in the group. Now back to the episode. So Krista, I really also love asking this question. Who is the most inspiring person you have ever worked with? It's interesting. That's a tricky question because I feel like I'm so much my own inspiration. Mm-hmm. And not from a place of ego, but just from a place of knowing. I, I don't really search outside of myself for answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have worked, my partner inspires me every day. He's amazing at what he does and has been doing it for a lot longer than I have. We're in the same industry. He inspires me every day with his world of knowledge. I've done a lot of work with Tony Robbins. I've done a lot of work with Gary Vee. And I find them highly ins- inspirational. But what I've realized throughout my journey is that they're no different to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think myself included, I find Tony Robbins incredibly inspiring, but I wish he was to the point where I wish he was like my uncle or something. I would love to, I'd love to have him as a family member. You are someone that is incredibly inspiring to me personally. And one of the things that I've learned about you recently is that you used to be extremely terrified of public speaking. So if you could, I would love you to share about, yeah, what that looked like for you and how you overcome this fear. Yeah, I overcome it by just leaning into it like anything yes. else that I feel. Because I know on the other side of pain is absolute pleasure. And the mm-hmm. depth of the pain that you experience is the depth of the pleasure that you get to experience. And it was almost debilitating. Like I, I was a, I've always been a singer. Um, so I used to do a lot of charity work and competitions. And singing on a stage was so easy for me because it wasn't my logical mind that I was using. I was using my God-given talent. And I was able to move from a place of emotion and expression. And I felt that really easy. 
But when it came to like public speaking, oh my gosh, I used to throw sick days on the days that I had to do an oral presentation at school. And then if mum made me because she'd clued on to the fact that I had a, a presentation to do, mm-hmm. I would then hide in the bathroom trying to get out of it. And it was like through tears that I would do any sort of even if it was in front of a class of 30, it would always be through tears. And throughout my journey, I just knew, like I had this vision of when I stepped into the coaching space, I knew what I was becoming and I knew Mm -hmm. the impact that I was creating in this world. And I knew how recognized I would be and the events that I would be holding. And what I saw was like me hiding out in that aspect of, of like, you say you want to create that and you're going to have these big events, but you're avoiding setting Mm -hmm. up your own event like you're you're avoiding that and you're not leaning into it and so I saw this playing out and I went right how do I overcome it I overcome it by doing it and I booked my first event and it was mind-blowing for me because it was the first time that yes it was through a beating heart and shaking and awkwardly sweating that I Mm -hmm. took the stage but before I knew it, I went completely into flow and I really made myself proud. And in that moment, I realized that this is what I was put here to do. And so each time, like I still get nervous when I speak, but I think that if I didn't get nervous, I wouldn't be performing at my best. And I think that it's BS. If someone says I don't get, if I don't get nervous at all, I think that it's BS because we all do. We've all got a fear of, it's on a spectrum, but we've all got a fear of judgment or screwing up or falling forward or falling off the stage, or we've all got these little fears that aren't true. But yeah, now I, I absolutely love it because I know that every time I get on that stage, it's about the lives that I transform. It's not about me not being able to overcome my fear. It's about the impact that I create instead. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you're describing me before I jumped on this podcast or even... <laughs> And yes, I am all for that. And and for me, what helps me is that reminder again of what you said right at the end, that it's just not about you. I've still continue to this day, feel nervous when I'm jumping on all sorts of different platforms, whether it's a video, IGTV, a live, absolutely just (laughs) self-destructing for me. And I have to almost go into a meditation beforehand, but What helps me, and I do, I hope, hopefully the audience members will attest to this, but I'm getting better and better at this. And what helps me get through it is going back to my intention behind why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm not here on a podcast or here on a video or here on an IGTV to speak, to create some sort of image of myself. I'm there to help serve. I'm there to help women overcome their fears. And that always helps me go back to a place of intention. And whether or not I stuff up, I can't control that. (laughs) I probably will. I usually do. Um, But the important thing is that I served to some extent. If I've done that, if I've helped even one person in my audience and changed their lives a little or a lot, then I've done my job, whether or not I sound awkward or or weird. And hopefully one day I'll be just as incredible at public speaking as you are. I used to do a lot of it actually, but it would always require me to be reading off some sort of notes. I find it hard to think clearly and articulate my own thoughts in the moment. Do you have any tips around that? 
<laughs> I, I work completely in the opposite. So I'm very much flow. As I said to you, I, I don't want to know ahead of time what any questions are. I uh -huh. work, I've never used a script. I've never used a teleprompter. Um, while I have a team behind me that map out the events to the minute, I never know what I am speaking. Like I know what I'm speaking about. I don't know the context of what's actually going into it. Mm -hmm. um, because for a long period of time, my mum was very much the way that you are in the way that she had to have it prepped out and, mm -hmm. you know, it had to be scripted. And I judged myself for a long time because I was like, why don't I work well in this way? Mum would be like, you have to study for the exam. And I'd be like, I'll do it the night before, you know, yeah. or you have to prepare for the oral presentation. No, I'll do it on the day. And mum used to get so angry at me and she'd be like, Krista, you've got to prep. You've got a schedule, you've got to prep. And I was like, I just don't work that way. So I went and did my human dynamics and realized, and I think that's really um, something effective for you and anyone that's listening to do, look into uh -huh. your human dynamics. And it shows you the way that you work most effectively. And for me, I'm a creator, an activator. So I work, I'm very similar to spending a lot of time with Gary Vee and also my partner as well. We're very similar dynamics. So Gary speaks about when he is, he doesn't know what he's speaking about until he's uh -huh. walking up onto the stage and then it comes oh. out. <laughs> yeah. and That's my worst nightmare. I'm very much the same, but when you understand how you work most effectively, mm -hmm. it's going to enable you to just own it and continue working in that way. Mm -hmm. I am going to be looking into this ASAP because I too, I really struggled with preparing for exams or, or any type of anything that required me to memorize something and to produce it the next day. I remember piano lessons were one of those things that I would just have so much anxiety around if I had to do a, a piano exam or a performance or something. So it is definitely worth looking into because perhaps this isn't the way I was meant to function. Maybe that preparation, maybe the note taking and all of that is actually a detriment. So yeah, I might do a podcast on that later. Um, human dynamics. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And I would suggest you do wealth dynamics and anyone that's listening, wealth dynamics is amazing as well. Amazing. Putting that in the notes, guys. Um, we are learning today. Talking further on a little bit about fears, I know that there are a lot of women that are fearful of either starting a business amidst everything going on in the world right now. And with so many businesses actually closing shop or closing down or struggling to survive, what would you say to them? To the ones that are starting businesses or ones that are closing down? to the ones that are fearful of starting a business um, because they can see evidence of other businesses closing down or closing shop? It really depends on what industry it's in. Like it's so industry dependent right now. When there mm -hmm. are restrictions put in place, there is like you, you really put between a rock and a hard place. Restaurants that I've worked with in a mentoring space, we've put some great pivot plans in place or people that are more in that service type business it's a matter of building brand and, and going digital because there's things that we just can't change. There's things that we just can't get past. But I think that when it comes to starting a business, I think there's no better time than the present and your ability to succeed during any crisis, even through GFC. There were people that went down. There were people that absolutely freaking thrived. And it's your ability to just keep going and pivot. So if you can start a business, I know for me, my business has scaled dramatically through COVID. Mm -hmm. um, and it's simply because I've had the knowledge, the willingness and the ability to continue pivoting. Mm -hmm. So I think yeah. I've head first into it. 
Amazing. Love that. I love that you're also always speaking your truth. And we spoke a little bit about this being part of finding your purpose, this finding your truth and unpeeling those layers um, to get to the core of who you really are. No matter how controversial or out there, you're always able to put out the content and really speak your mind and authentically be you. Was this something you've always found easy to do or something that you've learned over time? I think going back to as a young child, I had mm-hmm. no filter and mm-hmm. I couldn't pretend to be a certain way. Like I, I my mum always used to be shocked at my response in some moments <laughs> because I would just say things that were probably not acceptable from a child. Mm-hmm. Um, not in the way of like profanity or it was just that I had this really blunt approach. Mm-hmm. And I think over time I molded myself because I was so scared of judgment, especially um, in my early 20s, I was so scared of judgment and I thought that I had to dress a certain way and look a certain way and act a certain way and speak a certain way. And quite frankly, it just became exhausting. Mm-hmm. And, and that was that pain was like it far outweighed any amount of judgment. And I think over the years, discovering who I am, what I'm put here to do, knowing my deep soul's purpose, but also knowing and accepting and loving the person that I am, I don't actually require it from anyone else because it's all an internal job. If Mm -hmm. someone else judges me, I know it's only because they're judging themselves. I don't judge me. So I don't actually even notice it in my external world. Like everything in our life is a mirror. So the only way that we are going to see the judgment is if we're judging ourselves. And Mm -hmm. with this knowledge, I just shrug things off. People are going to like and dislike me no matter what I am. Even if I am a masked, molded version of myself, there's still going to be people that dislike me. So I might be as well be all of me and be really content in being all of me and speak about what is on my heart that people need to see and understand or hear and understand that if they're triggered by it, that is just an indicator of what needs to heal within them. Mm-hmm. everything in our life is an internal job. And I think the moment that all of us can take responsibility for that and stop outsourcing our problems is the moment that we can transform this humanity. Yeah. And I find that when we are showing up as ourselves, we're truly, and I know this sounds a little bit cliche, but I'm finding this more and more, particularly on social media, when I am able to show up truly as me and all of me, So even in moments when I am a little bit awkward, because I am, that is part of who I am. When I'm showing my humorous side or my funny side or what I perceive to be funny about myself, when usually I would have edited that out or been too fearful to put that out there in in case somebody else didn't think that was funny. Whenever I've gone back to, to, yeah, just accepting all of myself and putting that out there, you're right. It's easy to say, oh, more people will support you or, or give you a high five for that or say, well done for being authentic. But there is also people that will judge you regardless. And there's people that are going to even just start ghosting your account or unfollowing you. And that's fine too. So by showing up as yourself, it's not always going to be everybody's going to be supportive of that and love you. You are going to, and you just have to just love and accept yourself enough to be okay with people, I guess, not loving you. And that, yeah, that judging you is really them judging themselves. And it's really about you ending that judgment of yourself and being okay Mm -hmm. with that. Yeah, I love that advice. It's, that's really great. What? This is a question I ask every single woman that I interview. And it's funny because so far we've 
they all had very similar answers. So I'm really excited to hear what yours will be. But what would you tell the you that was just starting out in business? Mm. Even when you fail, just remember the belief that you have. Boom, different. <laughs> Can you expand a little bit on that? Yeah, so I think that the reason, and I know that it's different for everyone, but mm -hmm. the reason that I was able to create such a successful salon was because I actually didn't see it any other way. I had never faced failure. So mm -hmm. my belief was that I would just create success and I didn't have it figured out. I didn't know the marketing strategy. I just knew that I offered a great service and people would come. Mm -hmm. and our beliefs dictate everything in our life it wasn't up until I faced failure it wasn't up until I walked away from a marriage with no money that I actually thought otherwise if I was to give myself that advice is just remember this belief remember mm -hmm. this belief and no matter how many times you fall face first remember mm -hmm. yeah it's having that unshakable faith almost that your success is inevitable regardless of the obstacles that come your way. And it's really easy to think that way when things are going well for you, but it's those moments when you fall flat on your face or when you spend, I don't know, a few months launching something that falls flat on its butt. Those are the moments when you have to really go back to that belief. Yeah. Really great advice, Krista. I love that. Um, just wrapping up on the interview, the last sort of thoughts and last things that I like to speak to is a lot of my audience members love a good book. Are there any book recommendations that you have? If you were to pick one book that you would say to everybody, read this, do you have one? Yes, there is an amazing Joe Dispenza book. I'm pretty sure it's called Superhuman. I love it. We're going to put it in the show notes, guys, so don't panic. Yeah. What was that name again, Krista? It's by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yeah. And it is called, I'm actually going to check the name so that it is correct because I highly advise that it's a read for everyone. It's called mm -hmm. Becoming Supernatural. Lucky I checked that. <laughs> Becoming Supernatural. All right. We'll make sure we get that in the show notes. What is it about? It's really, Joe Dispenza speaks a lot on quantum, but it's really building you to be the vessel that is supernatural. Uh -huh. um, I just think that we're so confined and defined by this third dimensional reality uh -huh. and we don't see what is beyond this. The biggest version of you and enabling your light that is within that maybe you've been dulling for far too long to shine brighter than ever before and to actually realise how powerful you are as a human being. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That is going, that is where my last credit in uh, Audible is going. Finally, yes. I've been searching for my next read. I'm excited. That sounds great. We'll that one in the show notes. Thank you, Krista. What does our audience need to know about how they can work with you? Because I know that after hearing this interview, there are going to be plenty of women that are going to want to know more about what you offer, about how they can get in closer proximity of you. Where, yeah. how, can they, how can they work with you? How can we work with you, Krista? 
<laughs> so you can find me on all social media platforms, Instagram, Krista underscore Tia, same as Twitter, um, Krista Tia on Facebook, KristaTia.com. Um, I'm on TikTok, I'm on YouTube, I'm on LinkedIn, every social media platform known to mankind, I'm there from a working capacity. I don't actually, everything that I do is by application only. I believe in creating a pull rather than a push um, mm-hmm. within anything that I sell. And I've actually got a three-day business immersion velocity that I do four times a year. Um, and that's coming up at the end of August. So that's probably the earliest availability. I've got mentorships and digital programs and all sorts of things available. But I would just highly suggest that you connect with me on a social media platform and let's just have a chat. Oh, I love that. I love that. How exciting. And the business immersion sounds incredible. I've had a look at some of the the ones you've done in your highlights on Instagram before and the testimonials from that are epic guys. So make sure you go and check that out. And again, we'll make sure that we add all of the links um, that Krista has mentioned um, in the show notes here as well. Krista, I just want to thank you again so much for your time today. This has been so valuable. And I know again, it is, it is a podcast that I truly believe is going to change some lives today and change the direction of some women's thought patterns and where they're headed to in life. And I think that we, you have, I have no doubt that there are women walking away from this episode today, having more certainty either within themselves or within their intuition, telling them to go ahead and do what it is that they want to do truly with their lives. And if they don't know, they're going to go out and they're going to try all of the things until they discover themselves and and what they truly are passionate about doing. I absolutely love this interview. And again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, beautiful. It's been a pleasure. Hey, business bestie. Thank you so much for choosing to tune into the Her Soulful Success podcast. Don't forget to check out the show notes for all of the links, including my private Facebook group community, Passion to Profit, where I share even more free content, freebies and live events for the ambitious business babe. If you loved what you heard today, you're going to love what I have in store for you. Everything from creating beautiful brandy, money, mindset, and wealth, nutrition for optimal energy and mood, to energy healing and anxiety management. I got you. I am covering like all of the things to support you on your journey to soulful success. So that you don't miss out on future episodes, don't forget to click subscribe and share the podcast with your tribe. If you share it on your socials, don't forget to tag me so that I can say hi and thank you personally.